Part 14 of Confessions of Two Brothers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Confessions of Two Brothers by John Cooper Powis and Llewellyn Powis. Confessions by Llewellyn. Section 3. America. It was now that I fell more completely than ever under the influence of my brother J. C. P. He had persuaded me to try lecturing in America, and the preparations for these lectures brought us together, sometimes in Somerset, sometimes in Sussex. I began to learn more and more about the world, to understand the miracle of cornfields golden and bread-bearing and hot in the August sun to understand the mystery of the sea, full of strange vegetation and shells and salt spray, and the old-world melancholy of great woods and tidal rivers, and ancient country towns. We were together always. Every insignificant incident of the day was experienced with relish. The few minutes out in the garden before breakfast, the lighting of cigarettes as we hurried off together afterwards, the pouring out of tea at some village inn, with the road outside still light and dusty in the late afternoon. We visited churches and peered curiously at the symbols and images that had meant so much to our race. We loitered and read the old weather-beaten inscriptions on the stones outside. We thought of Hardy and Shakespeare, and of the still bones of the peasantry below in the earth. We stopped to watch village children dancing under the checkered shadows of old west country elms, to notice old labourers returning from the fields with stories of gladness and sorrow, of births and deaths written on their disfigured brows. And all the time the world unfolded itself before my eyes, this world of sun and rain, and of river and sea, of churches and dead men's bones. We crossed the Atlantic together in the late autumn, and I looked out day after day at that huge track of heaving waters there from the beginning and so large a part of the earth. I was amazed. This, I thought, is the world vast lands and vaster waters and with what happenings going on here and there at the end of our journey we arrived at new york and i saw what the human race had done here like a giant city new york raised her illumined battlements in the darkness i don't know that i had actually learned much from america it was staggering astounding and seemed possessed of an exaggerated reality of its own with such a spectacle before my eyes any just view of existence was blurred i received the impression of a tireless indomitable people displaying absolute indifference to their fate to anybody's fate a people that rushed to and fro and entered upon the new year, the new year of each of their destinies with hoots and rattles and cat-callings. In a curious way, they seemed separated from the rest of humanity. A race devoid of fear, devoid of reverence, 
whom it was impossible to associate with the tragic misused beings for whose sake it was necessary for a young semitic god noble and heroic to die when i got back to england i had but a few months to spend before i became ill it seems to me now that i was particularly fortunate at that time i was always wandering about in places where cuckoo flowers grew and where sea poppies grew and where garlic was made white by the droppings of rooks we spent two weeks i remember at sidemouth in devonshire under the shadow of those weird blood-red cliffs with seagulls and overgrown inland hedges and rabbits pirouetting fantastically silhouetted against the atlantic against eternity all the time a myriad microbes alive and active were eating away at my body at my very life suddenly i began spitting blood there is no time to be lost said the doctor and i was hurried away to switzerland my brother j c p came with me together we listened to the sea on dover beach together we listened to the sighing of the wind in the housetops of laon before even the germans were there i quote again from my diary End of part 14